We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. Hello and welcome to Sports Best Friends, NL, NRL Adoro, a rugby league podcast that this season is non dirmo cazzo. It will be unbelievable and I think it, it probably will be a dream that we're chasing and um, I just hope we go good. I'm Big T, views on my own and I'm recording these views on the Ruben Wiki hotline with everyone's new best friend, OD. How are you, sir? Doing very well, uh, Big Tig. Had a very busy weekend, um, but managed to sneak in a fair few games of footy, um, uh, which always improves my my mood. Now I know your little your little bubs only very young, so you're not up to Bluey yet. But have you seen the Bluey episode where they have to build a flat pack together? <laughs> no, okay. I haven't. It's classic. Uh, it actually has so many layers. That's one of the episodes that you could do a university degree on, but the um, or a PhD on. But I know that you are at IKEA today. Now, did you end up just doing the stuff by yourself, or did your old lady build it by yourself? Do you guys run do it together? What's your, where's your, what's um, your plan of action? We, we do it. Yeah, no, we, we tackle it together. I think it's a good bonding experience. That's hectic. Yeah, it's because I mean, you definitely get frustrated with each other, but you come out the other side. You've built something together. Um, I think it's really strong for the relationship. Um, but I'm glad it was just a little um, like shelf thing. If it was like a bed or something that we needed to have ready to to live, I would have been um, maybe under a little bit more pressure. Um, is it, yeah, IKEA is you know, IKEA is insane. Even even the shopping, back. yeah, even the shopping experience like that's enough for me. I feel like that's my couple bit you're talking about there. If we can get to IKEA, get through it, find the bits, and then get out, and we're still together. Excellent. I'll just that's go and build it afterwards. Yeah, that's that's the <laughs> that's the couple's building. Because that place is nuts. And then you end up having these weird conversations about, do we need pot plants? And you're like, I really don't think we do, hey? And they're like, no, I think that'd be nice on like the balcony to have, oh, yeah. oh, 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 these chats are not good chats. So many things are so tempting. I had to just mm. like tell myself to move away or tell Mish to move away a few times <laughs> and just keep following the arrows. We came yeah. here for like two things. We end up leaving with like more than we needed anyway. A bag of pegs. Yeah. <laughs> Like just the most yeah. random things. Yeah, silicone like bowl wraps. Like, oh, that's a great <laughs> idea. That'll cut down on waste. Yeah. We've got them at home. Oh well. Um, but yeah, no good productive Sunday. Um, it's been a great weekend. So I've I've uh, two things have happened for me today that I'm going to tell you about. One of them is had an excellent coffee. Um, took my little mate on a bike ride up to the shops. Got some got some bits that you need, and I got coffee. But then. Um, I didn't end up getting to do a shit. And so I'm really quite religious with my like timing of coffee into poo time. And sometimes having a kid, like just the next thing happens and you don't get that chance. And, and that hasn't been a problem, but I only just kind of noticed that my second half of the day, the gas has just been wild, like absolutely evil. And I was trying to work out why, like I was like, what did I eat today that's making that happen? And I've just recently, maybe 20 minutes ago, realized it's because I need to do a dump and then um, exercise the demons out of my body. Wow, what an insight into your life. Are I you a, had a full I had a full tin of beans this morning for, for breakfast, so I've been in the same sort of boat. <laughs> what are you doing? Hold on, you did IKEA today and built and you were dropping your guts all day. Unbelievable. Mm. Your relationship's gone through lots. Well, I sort of feel like that was part of the fun, knowing that I was just on this track that everyone else had to follow and I was just crop dusting the whole time. In your back wind. <laughs> I love it. Are you because you don't drink coffee, hey? No man, I, I mean yeah. I've tried it a couple of times, but yeah, no, not not for me. I had yeah. I had uh, a hot lemon yesterday. That was the first hot drink I've had in a while. <laughs> it was really nice. You had a hot lemon. Now I'm assuming you mean in water. You didn't just microwave yourself a lemon and drink. <laughs> yeah, no. In water, I don't know. Squeeze like... half a lemon in. Get Are you a kombucha out. person too? Then is that what's doing? No, I've, okay. I've I haven't got down with that. 
I've got heaps of friends who love it. Like they'll yeah. choose a kombucha over a Coke or something yeah. if they have yeah, yeah. you know, a burger. But for me, it's just, it's water or beer. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. Or a hot Corona with a lemon in it, by the sense. I think that's your other go-to. If anybody watched a series of rugby league games, they'd never go back to watching Union or AFL or soccer. Trophy is going to Victoria. So we're going to do Burglars versus Feet Fans. Now, they're the nicknames for the two teams we're looking at. Burglars are Melbourne because um, the Burglar is purple, I think, yellow and, and black. And also Cam Smith, they burgled things. He was around for a long time. There was a couple of little layers in there to make that nickname work, Burglars. Um, Cam Munster as well now. Cam Munster, thank you. And then um, Feet Fans are the Rabbitohs because... Rabbitohs, if you say it slowly, is rabid toes. And so they must really like gross feet. So they are feet fans. Thank you very much. So the, uh, and also a rabbit's foot is, you know, is good luck. Good luck and all the kind layers, of crap. So, layers. Yeah. So I work hard for this podcast, mate. That's why they pay me the big bucks <laughs> to host it each year. So let's talk about how poor you were for the first half. At me underscore DC tweeted. So Coruscant takes Cook's New South Wales spot already, calling it before the origin selection garbage starts in a week. And then the other tweet I wanted to say before we get into it is from at Orcs Saucer Saw, number one, who tweeted, yeah, let's not offer Adam Reynolds whatever he wants. I'm sure that won't bite us in the ass. Now, first of all, <laughs> let's just talk about Cook and who you do have because Cookie Cookie had some flashes, but he certainly doesn't look like he, what he was before. And same with, yeah, um, same with Walker, who also had some flashes, but doesn't look like he was last year. Is that what you're saying? Or how did you see that first? Yeah, I look, I really love Cookie. I think he seems like one of the genuine top blokes in the NRL. And he's obviously a gun player. But for the last couple of years, I've been, I think I'm, I'm hypercritical of all South players. But I think he's, he's been choosing the wrong time to run. He started to introduce a short kicking game, which was looking good. And then he's put that away, put it in his back pocket. Um, I just don't think, I don't think he's been that effective for the last couple of years. Um, and I think he was lucky to hold his spot last year. Uh, Coruscant is a gun. I don't think Cook's played badly enough that you could take it off him. And I think in Origin, because it's a faster game um, and there's mm. so many more guns that he gets on the front foot more. And he's got like, you know, someone like Turbo in the centres on one side or, or Trell. So when he takes off, those blokes are really close to him. So it doesn't, it's, it's not as glaring um, if he takes off at the wrong spot because someone or at the wrong time because someone will make it the right time for him. Mm. I think in the bunnies, um, he's sort of he's it looks like he's sort of floundering a bit. He probably has Cody barking at him, calling for the ball, telling him not to run, not to kick, <laughs> just, <laughs> just give it to him. Um, so I think he probably gets a fair bit of that. I still think like he's one of the the solidest defensive players yes. in the game. Like makes you know forty tackles a game, rarely misses any. Um, and he's reliable. His service is pretty good. Um, I think Coruscant, if he keeps being really creative and if the New South Wales halves end up being Cleary and Luai or even without Luai um, and Isaiah Yeo's the, the, uh, the 13, I think Coruscant's a good shout um, to, to nip in there. He gets hooked, though, in that game, right? Like, that, that happened. Yeah, they, he got... they, they bring Mitch Kenny. Oh, wait, Cook? Yeah, cool. Or Cor- yeah, they pulled they pulled him. Um, I thought Havili did really well for South. He was yeah. um, a little bit more showed a little bit more uh, bit ra- bit of razzle dazzle, um, a little bit of deception around the ruck. Um, you know, I'd, I'd start with Cook 100, percent but I think Havili offered something different when he came on, which I liked. Mm. Um, but it's weird. He, he's an 80 minute hooker. I don't yeah. think you need to do that. Even carry a bit with like eight minutes of something to go. Like it was a really odd, odd yeah. way. Demetri, but maybe there's something going on with Cookie. Maybe he's you know carrying a little bit of a a niggling injury. Um, you know, you never really. I mean, they all are. Um, yeah. Mm. From my understanding, every single NRL player is like the walking wounded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a possibility that they're easing him into the season because of something like that. Crazy time to do it, though. As you said, like, last eight minutes, that, that's the kind of championship minutes. It ended up almost working, but... Yeah, I mean, of, of that game as well, like, 
I think yeah. it was at the last 10 or 12 minutes was just unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, just like these 1% plays that you might see once every three or four rounds of footy and four of them happened in the, you know, the last <laughs> 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. My blood pressure was uh, through the roof. Now, what did you and I decide on our text message? Because we're messaging during it. Was it who, who was the worst of the of the back line for us? Because I was <laughs> I was pro Milne was the worst, Hane Milne was the worst, but you were pro Jackson who are you? Paulo. That's it. Who was having oh. had a pretty bad first half for errors, which I was happy to accept. Yeah. Um, I just I, I couldn't like I didn't like him last year when he was on the wing and everyone was saying, Oh, he's a you know, he's an NRL quality winger. I just again I think I'm super critical of South players, but I just think he um, he goes into contact a bit soft. And I think for someone with a pretty big body, that sort of pisses me off. I'm like, mm. you should be like sprinting at people. And, and I think he lacks a little bit of mongrel. And I like mongrel in mm. my players. Mm. Um, so that sort of put me offside in the first place. And then, you know, dropping all those balls and missing tackles and stuff. Like when he got turned inside out, him and Mansour just got given a bath last week against... The Broncos. I was like, oh no, this can't, this can't be, this can't be my edge. Um, I think on the wing he'll do a job well enough. I like Tane Mill. Like he's the only bloke in the NRL I've ever seen smoke um, Justin Olam. <laughs> That's Olam's like it. He's like a, a big bag of cement on really fast wheels. He just looks like a hard man. No, um, he's one of those idiot. You know, no, he's because maybe I'm maybe I'm the same with Tigers guys that I'm hypercritical of them, but he is also just like begging for an error. Like you just got to wait through his hundred percent error that'll happen, and then you got to try and roll the dice on how many more errors you're going to get from him. And then he's also good for a hothead penalty where like someone's yeah. in his ear about something, and you're just like, oh fuck, man, that was the worst. I don't want to give away a penalty usually, but this was the worst time, and it's just you've made it personal and. I mean, he's I definitely he should be playing football. Like, I definitely don't think he's a shit player. I just think like he was he was he's just not having a good start of the year for South. Yeah, look, I mean, if I had if I had it my way, I'd have Tango guy back, and I wouldn't yeah, have to oh, for sure. either of them. Fuck, man, <laughs> he's he's um, I was at the start of the season or before the season started, I was tossing up like who was the bigger loss, Reynolds or Gay guy. Yeah, yeah, he just, he just locks up that whole half like you know, 30% of the field in attack and defence yep. and takes it to an elite level with yep. the people outside him and the people inside him. Like, has such a big effect. And I sort of thought that what Reynolds does, although, you know, he's the top three halfback in the game, um, I thought that I'd seen enough from Milius that I thought he could sort of, you know, get by kicking and tackling and let Cody be, you know, making the points happen. I thought Gagai would be a, a bigger loss, but... Look, looks like we're, we're missing them both. Really, really yeah, bad. for sure. Because Elias, I don't think is, well, he's not there yet. I, he needs way more time. I'm certainly not going to write him off yet, but he's not the answer right now. And also Gagai today for the Knights, everything you just said is 100% right, like locking up that 30% of the field in, in attack and defence. But the one thing they did today, which was which is classic him that I hadn't really probably identified properly, was his kick chase. Not oh, kick yeah. returns. His kick returns are good, but his kick chase... It's fucking outrageous, and it, dra- yeah. it drags whatever line is with him up with him. And even if they don't, they don't. He's got such good footwork that you're almost never going to beat him. So if he gets yeah. near you first, he's got, he's tackling you. You're not running around him. You're not going to step him. And so the amount of times that he puts pressure then on the in goal or getting out of the in goal or getting out of the ten just made it so much better for the Knights all game. Yeah, he's a, he's just a massive competitor, and he seems yeah. like a pretty quiet, chilled guy. But yeah, when he's on the field. And he just goes and goes hard. Um, so, yeah, big loss for us. Um, now, speaking yeah, of game, competitors, though, let, let's get to the bit I think you just had to do now, that game, because you were saying it was trash until we got to the bit where finally something amazing happened. And 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 one bloke who loves to be a hothead because he's a masculine competitor is Luttrell. He gets that 45-metre drop goal or whatever it is. And then <clears throat> allow me to do these tweets. At Josh T. Bristow, rugby league. At Mad Dog underscore no space, rugby league. At Mitchell Wiley, Rugby League. At Brad Fodderty, 101, Rugby League. At Sea Eaglesburg, Rugby League. At Dollarly D00S, Rugby League. At MJ Eagle, 23, Rugby League. At the oh. Bad Boy Chapo, Rugby League. At 0000L1 or 1908, Rugby League. At 
Oh, and that's the last one I've got there. I also had tweeted rugby league <laughs> at that time. It, it was just it's, it's all that needed so to be good. said. It was what so good. It really is the greatest game of all because yeah. And you never want to leave a stadium. You never want to turn a game off because anything can happen. Even if the game's not in the... I mean, it didn't seem like the South Melbourne game was in the balance until no. right at the end. But even if there's a slapping, you can still something that... You can still, like, see a player do something or a team do something that just blows your mind. And it doesn't yeah. matter what time of the game or what the score is. And I think it's just a testament to... Um, I guess the, the game itself and, and the people playing it and the minds that are, um, you know, everyone often thinks of footy players as just big thugs um, who are just fitter, stronger and faster than everyone else. But the way they, they think and the way they see the game and the things that they can do, oh, just yeah. awe-inspiring. Yeah. Um, and I think summed up perfectly by rugby league. <laughs> yeah. The other great thing that, I mean, it was happening today, well, we had that game with Melbourne versus Manly the first in the first round and where Melbourne were killing them and somehow it was only 14-0 with only a few seconds to go in the first half. And Manly scored, I don't know, when we went into the half 14-6. 14 points is nothing in this game. You're going to be smashed and 14 points is nothing. And then we saw the, your game where that happened, which is today when I, we'll get to me and my nephews later, but we were watching that Newcastle game. We were also getting pumped 14-0 at half time. And my nephew was like, geez, you want to watch the last half? Or like, and I was just like, dude... We are terrible, but 14 points is nothing. You score twice, this game's just electric. So, yeah, I agree. that the 14 points probably 15, 20 years ago, maybe more, was a lot, whereas now 14 points, you're only up to nil. Like, there's nothing doing, yeah. which is why the sport is amazing. And it would have given you a great opportunity to use the classic line, it's a game of two halves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't. I left that one alone. <laughs> I, leave, I leave most cliches alone. Score? This is something I don't know you and I've done yet. So at the end of every game, well, not every end of every game, during the our recount, I'll shout the word score. It, it was invented when I had Pat and Migs on the podcast and they had to shout it and then one of them would get a point, whoever said it first. And since then, I've just kind of liked it. So score, you now tell me the score. Well done. Oh, I love that you're frowning at me too, like you don't know. We just talked a thousand minutes about how it was all the drop goal thing. 15, 14, you're right. And then at the bad boy, Chapo tweeted, the right team won. Now, how do you feel about that? Uh, I think he's right. Hmm. I'd have to, I'd say Melbourne, if you're the better team for a majority of a game, you deserve to win generally. Um, you know, obviously, I love the the fight shown by Souths, um, but just letting in those easy tries and just dropping all that ball, I don't think we deserve to win. The fact that we got so close and made it such a contest was incredible. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to be one of those guys who, um, you know, has red and green coloured glasses on all the time. Um, you know, you can't be really good for 15 minutes and expect to win a game of rugby league at the top level. It just doesn't work like that. So I'm right there with him. Um, yeah, I think he's the bad boy chapo has got it right. <laughs> and the other one I wanted to say was at M. Ros Lejar. Michael, he tweeted, might only be round two, but has this, oh, but this has to be worrying for the bunnies. Now, how are you feeling about that? I know you just said you're not wearing those glasses, but are you worried yet? Uh, I was worried months ago, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Um, I, I am worried. I think the fact that Adam, uh, not Adam Reynolds, Anthony Milford, um, you know, turned out to be a, a not a very nice dude. Um, mm. And I think the plan was probably always to have Elias sort of eased in. And I think he's been thrown in the deep end and it's sort of shown that Cody perhaps is, doesn't have the right temperament at the moment to lead a team with its back against the wall, especially not when he's got to think about where I've got to get this ball to. Where do I have to, like, how do I set my players up? When he's got all that stuff on his plate, I don't know how well he would be mentoring Ilias, I guess. Whereas if you had Milford there Monday to Friday, you know, giving Ilias all that sort of, that knowledge about game management and stuff, even though, you know, Milford was primarily known as a, as a running half. Um, I think that sort of left us in the lurch. And I think, I mean, I heard, I can't remember the commentator, it might have been Ennis or Brandy, but they said about Ilias, they go, he'll be a 200 gamer. Mm. in the NRL. 
but he's but he's like having a tough time at the moment, which I think that's incredible amount of pressure to put on a player. It's um it's not the same as saying you know the young Latrell is Greg Inglis or Selwyn Cobbo is the next Latrell, but saying that a bloke will play two hundred games when he's only played two is, is a lot of pressure. Um, but I think they've got a good eye. I think he does have what it takes, but there's nothing like experience. Um, mm. And I think I think we're missing that a lot. And I mean, Cody doesn't. Cody's got a lot of football experience and he's done it all in the NRL. Um, you know, to a point, he's, he's been to a grand final, but um, he's still only been in the top grade for what, the last five years, six years, maybe. Um, so I don't know. I just think there's the calmest uh, temperament and the, the best leaders in the forward pack and he busts his ass for 30 minutes a half, but he's not there the whole time and he's, you know, usually around someone's bootlaces. Uh, I don't know how much organising and and, um, and guidance you can you can offer mm. when you're just leading leading with your actions like Cam Murray does. Um, a little worried, but we've still got the like the quality and the class in the team that I think will make the eight. Uh, but we'll probably be towards the bottom of it. This is how we're looking at the moment. I'm feeling all right because I'm not going to get bruised. What do you mean, how am I feeling? Chicken Chow Money versus Flap City. <clears throat> Chicken Chow Money is the Roosters because they're, like, they're old, but in the same way that like Australian Chinese food is old. Like It kind of it pretends to have a history like it's been here a long time, but have you really? No, probably not. And then obviously uh, Chicken Chow Main... Um, chicken is obviously from the roosters and then chicken chow money because they're, they're all about that cash squirrel. So chicken chow money and then um, <laughs> Flap City is manly because they, they used to be called the Dirty Birds or something like that. But then one time, a uh, great listener of the show, Mario Siegs, tweeted Fap City because he was upset with them. But I read it because I can't read very well as Flap City. I was like, oh, my God, that's such a better name for manly. And so now I just call them Flap City. Accidental nickname. Um, so let's talk about the uh, LF. Elephant Travoyevich in the room because that guy is dirt at the moment. At the Matt Bungar tweeted, no one's questioning how brilliant Tom Travoyevich was last year, but a huge chunk of his big plays were at tired defenders as a result of six again riddled garbage. Feel free to revive this if I'm wrong, but I'm peeling back the 2021 rules may hurt Manly more than anyone else. Now, have at that. What do you think? Good little insight from yeah. uh, Matt Bungard. Yeah, he's a legend. Um, I think uh, I think that's a that's a pretty tidy little uh, little thought there. And look, it looks that way at the moment. Um, the guy who got turbo first round in our Supercoach draft was rubbing it in all our faces, and it's been so enjoyable to to rub it back. Um, I think they've had a tough couple of games to start with. Penrith and the Roosters. They're probably mm. two teams out of four that people are picking to be in the grand final, um, you know, with uh, Melbourne and Para. Well, that's who I would be sort of thinking of at the moment. Um, but, yeah, he's been shut down a lot. Uh, I guess we'll see. See what the mad scientist Des can do. Yeah. See if, see if he can um, work some plays or, or get into some spaces where he's able to utilise his freakish ability. Similar to your game, this had a big dominant feeling in the first half, but it didn't really ever turn around as much as Fossey and the commentary team wanted it to. At Rooster7 tweeted, bury these mugs, East, go for the throat. Did you... Yeah, I mean, he's a massive East fan. Looking at the stats, I mean, watching the game, it felt like Roosters the whole way. It was Roosters by how many after about 10 minutes? Statistically, though, it's really quite similar. There's not that much, other than line breaks, the rest of it's quite similar. Tackle efficiency... Um, play the board speed, completion rate, Manly's got a better completion rate, time possession's almost the same. So it just shows you that stats don't mean very much when you're, when you're actually watching a game. It's the quality, I guess, of the ball that you're using. How did you see that game overall? Well, I think the big thing for particularly the Roosters with those stats, last year it was this, particularly at the start of the year before they lost Kiri and Bemos and um, all those troops, they were dropping the ball and pushing the pass heaps and had heaps of incomplete sets. But when they held onto it, they were just playing spark Magic. footy. Yeah. And, and they were just like pouring points on. So it didn't matter how many they dropped because any that actually went to hand were going to end up in tries or 30-meter breaks. And um, so I think the stats 
can be pretty deceiving sometimes. Mm. But you're right. When you watch a game, it's all about the quality. Um, a complete, like a completed set, is not equal across the board. You know, if you get to the end of your set and you put in a dodgy kick and the other team starts on their own thirty line or forty, then you know, but it gets you know the same, I guess, statistical relevances um, pinning the other team down in a corner. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, in that game the Roosters were all over them. Did you feel like they sort of took the foot off the pedal a little or do you think Manly sort of fought back in and got in their groove? No, I think it was definitely – I think they their bench rotation changed and they had – they left some younger forwards and Sekiro was out there longer than they probably would, which was which was smart, giving them game time, game experience, that kind of thing. Um, but Butcher and all those guys who are slowly becoming names um, mm. but still aren't great yet. But, but will I need to be great when they get to the finals? I think it's smart leaving those kind of guys out there um, to give them more time. The, um, the Roosters have always been famous for that thing you're saying there about pushing the pass or doing lots of errors. Even in this game, they had more errors eventually than Manly. Um, but I remember there was a year, maybe it was 2019, where the Bulldogs were coming last or, or near the bottom and the Roosters were coming first and near the top. And they were the opposites in completed sets. So the Roosters had the last or were near the bottom for the most amount of completed sets. And the Bulldogs, you know, were, were buzzing around 95, 98, but one was coming almost last and one was coming almost first. And it was said, like you were saying then, it's about what you're doing with the ball. Anyone, lots of teams could maybe just do one off the ruck and then kick to a corner, but it's, you, you never score. Um, whereas mm. the Roosters were, were sparkling when they could get that pass. So they were putting themselves in excellent situations. It's just sometimes that pass couldn't work or sometimes it did. Um, and they were making that work. So, that's kind of what this was. I thought Manly never looked, they looked so clunky. There was one time uh, that a commentator and I, and I love it, it probably happens to you a lot as well, when you say something and a commentator either says it with you or says it just after you, it's so good. Mm. And one of them was they kicked the ball um, out. And it, was a, it was a penalty. They kicked it to touch. And fucking Daly Cherry Evans took the tap and run. And he's the fucking halfback. And I was like, these guys are cooked. If they, and it was about 15 minutes in. They just had no shape, no organisation. He would have kicked the fucking ball out and then somehow he ends up the one taking a hit up. Like it was just, there's no organisation there if that's what's happening. And then at the same time, or just afterwards, Ennis was saying, Manly's at sea here. Fucking Daily Chair has a second hit up and take a one. So I felt like that. They did get better in the second half, but it was never, no one ever gotten in control in that game. I find that so weird, that Cherry Evans thing. There's, you think about the Manly team and you feel like there's probably three really or maybe four really loud clear voices and well hold on before you do it hold on let me do it because i also think it's three let me see if we're seeing the same one it's obviously dce it's going to be foreign and i'm assuming turbo as well i was thinking gerbo turbo and dce and foreign was my potential for gerbo yeah yeah no i see i'm seeing what you think about the other turbo yeah 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 because i I feel like he sort of connects he's in the middle and he sort of links those sides yeah um but i think and I would have thought that that would be the most efficient way to have everyone on the same page. You listen to these guys, everyone else shuts up and you just do what you're told. But the fact that, you know, DCE is having a hit up just shows that one, they're busted out on their feet, no options, um, or they were lost and they just mm. had no answers uh, and no one wanted to put their hand up, which I think would worry me far more than them just being unfit. <laughs> Especially um, this this early in the season, yeah, big time. Um, I I love that rooster tweet. <laughs> Bury these mugs, <laughs> go for the throat. Just ruthless. Um, yeah, I think I think Manly was lucky to get away with a, a half decent four and against in that game. Let's do that now. Score. Uh, uh twenty six to twelve. Uh, 10, yeah, yeah, uh, 12. 12, Great. Uh, at Rocket underscore speaks. He said, scoreline flatters Manly, actually. And I think that's exactly what you were saying then. Like, that, that for and against ended up being way better than it probably should have been. Mm. Yeah, nice one, Rocket. What about this? Um, at Sandy Hunter 2, such a likeable bloke, Kieran Foran. Now, I wanted to bring that up because the moment she tweeted it, I realised that I probably felt the same way too. And when thinking just now about those voices in the field, Jake seems like a really great bloke, but off the field, but is one of those like petulant, I want to fucking win, I'm going to scream at you until it happens kind of people on the yeah. field. Tom's probably close to that too. 
DCE, I would imagine, is quite calm and measured and like actually excellent on the field at, at being motivational, but also keeping level-headed. Kieran just seems like too nice a bloke. He's got to be that voice. He must be that voice. He couldn't be organising half without it, especially since he always stays pretty much on the left-hand side of the field. means he's, he's constantly talking to everyone in and around him. But he also just seems so genuinely lovable. Are you getting the same vibe or am I crazy? What's doing? I, I think I like pity Kieran for it, which is crazy <laughs> for a guy who's, you know, making yeah. multiple times my... Premiership winning. And, and yeah. living, living... World Cup winning. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think all that stuff that came out about his, you know, his gambling problem and, and the issues with his, his family and stuff, Ever since, and then all these injuries, I've always just mm. had such a soft spot for him. And you're right. I think he does seem like a really down-to-earth guy. Um, and on the field, you don't see him lose his cool. So I, I don't know. When I first read that, I thought maybe she's a Roosters fan and she's being sarcastic. Or maybe she's just really para- on the same wavelength as us. She's a para fan. Ah, Okay. Well, so, what did he do at Para? He didn't offer them much. Didn't you know, go there on a on a big deal and then got injured. Yeah, I think I forgot about the injuries. You're right. That is it. And and pitying him kind of is close to how I feel about him too. He's never done anything that really upset me. And I like that he's never been a, a massive debug on the field. But his injuries are um are unsettling and sad. So, well, remember when he made he got back in the New Zealand team yeah. after however many years. <laughs> And then did that, got that season-ending injury again. Yeah. Poor bloke. Yeah. yeah. Like, and even going over to the Warriors, like just going to the Warriors, they get they chucked him a lifeline and then just couldn't make anything happen for them either, just injured not long afterwards. And yeah. Devastating. He'd be a great – he epitomises the highs and lows of rugby league mm. in one career pretty much. You know, he's done it all, but he's also been at the very rock bottom. Newcastle are the premiers. Fucking speaking of rock bottom, I mean, we're not a rock bottom at all. I've been, <laughs> I've been in much worse positions than this. I mean, one thing that happened, I think, last year was we, we Melbourne raced the clock against us for the first half, and um, that's not even one of the hardest losses I've ever watched. Canberra did it to us a bunch of times. So this is not rock bottom. I just thought it was a great segue. Your Mighty West Tigers versus Bronze for Johns. It's actually the other way around. It was it was Newcastle's home game. So Bronze for Johns versus your Mighty West Tigers, and fuck me. <laughs> So, and, and I say fuck me straight away because I was with my family. So I was with um, most beautiful Tigers brother and sister-in-law and their two nephews, well-documented on this podcast. I did an excellent job of of um, snatching the, well, snatching is a terrible word for kids, The for brainwashing the kids. Yeah, that, that doesn't have sexual innuendo. Brainwashing the kids uh, that they should be Tigers fans. The dad's a Bulldogs fan. The mum's a Parramatta fan. And their uncle on the other side is a massive, massive Roosters fan. So they, these kids were really up for grabs for a whole bunch of different teams. And I worked from zero till today um, on making sure that these kids were going for the Tigers by doing things like when I would babysit them and I would go and babysit them often during school holidays, we'd, uh, I'd bring them a T-shirt almost every time or a jumper from Best and Less. And um, and then we'd wear it we're, and I'd buy, I'd buy one too. So all three of us were, were wearing the same clothes. And then when, when we were walking up to like McDonald's for lunch, um, we would roar like tigers at cars that would come past and things like that because we were pretending to be tigers. And and then also random people, because they lived in the inner west, would see them in their adorable matching tiger stuff. And they'd be like, oh, the tigers, good for you, like other tigers. And then I'd be like, see, boys, everyone likes the tigers. The tigers are the butt, like just piling on, piling on, piling on. It was great. We took them to a game. It was so boring for them. They hated it. But, of course, I brought footy cards. They opened up a packet at the beginning and at halftime. That kind of shit. We ended up winning one of those games, and that's the only game they've ever remembered is just winning and the crowd being huge and the walking back to the car and everyone being electric and 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 my one of them just saying like this is the greatest win the Tigers have ever had. He, he was just so pumped. And then I was telling him the the story of the 2005 Grand Final, and then ended up when we we're walking back to the car, ended up having like five or six people around me just joining in the story because they were also just so G'd up to be telling these kids about the glory days. And so since then, the boys have just been all in on Tigers. No matter what happens, it's all in on Tigers. So watching that game with them is great, but one of them is 12 and the other one I think is 11. And obviously my littlest is running around who's who's three and a bit. So I try really hard not to swear when things are happening. I call The worst I get is Gronk. Like, oh, my God, you Gronk. Like, that's such a stupid thing. That was a terrible play. Um, but unfortunately, there is a lot of studies about how if you swear, you can deal with more pain. 
And one of the most classic ones is they have people in two different rooms, put their hands into ice cold water and they time them, tell them you can pull them out whenever you want, but just go for as long as you can. But group B, you cannot swear. So you can say whatever you want, but you cannot swear. Group A, say whatever the hell you want. And group A would go for three, four times longer than group B just because they could swear. Just the simple act of swearing actually has a positive impact on us, particularly when it comes to dealing with pain. And so here I am dealing with a lot of pain for 80 minutes and the worst you can say is gronk meant that it was even harder to get through. And so I'm not at all surprised that the first thing I said when thinking about it was fuck. Um, I'm just trying to feel better. It does. It makes me feel feel so better because I'm just trying to look down now at at these goddamn tweets about the first half. And the first half was enough. Like we were talking before about how you could come back. And I was telling the boys, honestly, we could easily come back. Um, But it just, we were getting so dominated like, like you guys were and like Manly were that other game. AJ Mitten tweeted, I'll credit the Tigers for only being down 14 at the half, all things considered. And at Jason NRL tweeted, well, the Tigers 40 minutes will take some beating for the worst half of the season. They had 36% possession, 69% completions, 469 metres run, eight errors and six penalties. It should be a lot more than 14 points behind. Now, I asked him, is 400 points? run meters really bad because i mean it all sounded bad and, and i and i knew the rest of the stats were bad but i actually don't know how many running meters you should be up to by about half time he said roughly should be over a thousand and so we were under 500 after 40 minutes it was really really bad um so i think at halftime i was relieved it was only 14 but was just shocked um is that the first because i know you see you got to watch half of the tigers game did you watch the first half or the second half yeah, watch the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, was, so how are you feeling? As you, um, I felt glad that my buddy wasn't out there, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so, yeah, a friend of mine plays for the Tigers and he um, he got pulled. I'm not sure why. I haven't spoken to him recently. Um, but I thought he was supposed to play in this game, but he didn't end up playing for some reason. Um, it's just ugly. I, I saw... I saw the peachy thing. Like, that was that's one of your leaders. Like, that's the dumbest play <laughs> I think I've seen so far this season. Um, and he mildly like, lost it. You didn't see the second half, but there was heaps of things that he did where he never did anything that stupid again. But there was a time where there was just heaps of him doing crazy laughing, uh, like where a play would break down and he'd just be laughing. And, for, for example, one of them was... Um, there was like a forward pass or, or the play came back, but Pitchy didn't hear it. He got thrown the ball and he's running down the sideline with a winger. He chips over the top. And by then everyone else has stopped and they've realized. And he just keeps kind of running, slowing down, but running towards the camera, doing like laughing at the camera and then turning around. I was just like, and like most of the time players ignore as well cameras or crowd or whatever, but he was like eyeballing me through the camera, like laughing about like, oh, I don't know what he's laughing at. Like it was just, he he like semi lost it. Oh, yeah, that's a worry. I thought I in think. that first play, that one you were talking about before, someone gets punched. It looked like the the Knights guy kind of like did like, a, not an actual punch, but like a pushing away kind of punch to the Tiger guy on the floor, which is, yeah, that kind of thing. And so I think that's what he was responding to. But the the slapping the ball, is that's the play you're talking about, right? Where he just slaps the ball yeah. out of the hooker's head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Like there's, no, there's no upside. There's no self-regulation there. And that guy's a leader of your club. And I love the, the peach, mate. I was, I'm such a huge fan from back in the Penrith days. Mm. Um, I think a little bit cursed by his utility value. Uh, hard to find a, a, a good spot for him. Um, but now he's just he's not making it not making it easy to like him if you're a Tigers fan doing things like that. Like I want my 13 to be busting their ass, tackling, linking the halves with good ball playing, all stuff that he can do, but he's mm. not doing it. Um, he gets on that field, though, because Noffa, he's off the bench. Noffa gets a HIA, the winger comes off, and then um, the the centre went to the wing and he went in at centre. So that utility thing you're talking about, you know, would be messing with him. He, he gets ready. He's getting his body ready to be a middle forward in the locker second row, and then there he is immediately playing centre 25 minutes into the game. Yeah. I mean, good to have him on your bench. Yeah. With that, with that, I mean, you never want injuries to happen. But if you're prepared mm. with a, with a guy like that who can probably cover pretty much every position on the field except prop, um, you know, it's it's a 
good good problem to have. But yeah, he's just got to switch his switch his brain on and get the right attitude going. I thought I saw Jackson Hastings with a big, um, big like spear tackley sort of thing. That's a mm. bit of a worry. How, how mm. do you think he's been going for you guys? Look, sixty minutes in, I was I was done with him, and so I, well, like not not get rid of him, but I was just like, oh, he isn't. He he's just like the Oliver Gildart guy who's come back from Super League, looking great in the Super League, but it just doesn't translate all the time here. He was really good though in the last probably 15, 20 minutes. He he certainly hadn't given up, um, and he was effort playing everything. He, he threw a lot of dummies and took up a lot of runs because he knew that giving the problem to somebody else wasn't the right thing to do in that that last part last part of the game. So. That was excellent. The last twenty, his last twenty minutes, which you know probably the arguably the hardest twenty minutes, were were great. So he ends up getting a pass mark. But before that, he just he his Luke Brooks cops so much shit because we've got such a terribly slow play the ball and forward pack that his fifth tackle options are often thrown behind him and and without anything moving. And so I was really hoping that we could have a half that was going to come in and be like another actual halfback kind of organizing halfback because Dway, he's excellent, excellent kicking game, but he's a running half that, you know, excellent strong body, doesn't get tackled easily, that kind of shit. So they're a great combination. But in the meantime, I was hoping that Hastings was going to come in and be a like halfback, halfback. And he's, he wasn't in that first part of the game. So that penalty was shit. His, his organization looked shit. So I'm really hope that he, can be better because he has been good. He, I liked him when he played for Manly and I really liked him when he played for the Roosters. I just thought that he was young then and maybe the, the teams weren't right for him. Uh, he's matured heaps over there. I listened to two different podcasts while he was in the Super League and he he sounded really great, really switched on, really wants to make this happen. And the last 20 minutes showed me that that was real. He really wants to make this work now that he's back. Um, I just don't know if the Tigers are the team. I mean, maybe some maybe Canberra picks him up and because their halfbacks also in the sea. So, so maybe Canberra picks him up, but um, it's, it's problematic. He had the most amount of run meters out of our entire team. And that's mm. crazy. Yeah. That's, which shows a huge amount of effort. Newcastle's most run reader was Tyson Frizzell, who had an absolute game. He was phenomenal back to New South Wales origin levels, both halves. Yeah. Oh, he, um, both him and Gagai together were just lethal. That's crazy. Frizzell's family. His brother's like an All Black, one of the first picked All Blacks. Is he? he plays blindside flanker. Yeah, he's a beast. Younger brother as well, I think. But uh, good genetics in the Frizzell <laughs> household. Um, yeah, I think I, I listened to a podcast, uh, a podcast with Jackson Hastings uh, on the Guru. I think that may have been uh, it. Yeah, mate. He, I couldn't believe how well he was speaking, and I think that's that maturity and that positive attitude and that that will to win and will to improve and, and desire to prove himself back in the, the toughest rugby league cauldron. Um, I think it's got to get better. Like, I think he'll improve. He'll get yep. to know the team around him. Um, and with that, um, with that attitude, you know, I can see improvement from him. So, and he would know, him off yet. he would know that I'm the way he's, oh no, I don't want to write him off either. I think he'll work in the NRL. I just don't know if it's going to work with us because I just don't know if we're a good enough team. I think the same thing about Luke Brooks every day. I think this kid would probably want a premiership. If he moved to, if he moved to Canberra now when they have, um, what's his name at five, eight. And cause I think that they've got there, they've got Frawley. I think, you know, the Canterbury guy from like two or three years ago as a halfback. Yeah. And I reckon if you put Luke Brooks in Canberra right now, they have a really much better forward pack. Um, I've got a great fullback, and then they've also got um, the guy you just said I've already forgotten straight away. Whiten. One of the best running five eights. Yeah. Name, yeah. Yeah. And so I just think, anyway, so if you put Luke Brooks in that, no one's talking about how shit he is at the Tigers. And, and I think Hastings is probably the same. The um, We ended up with like no, like, I think it was like 30 something per- percent of possession. Our completion rate was like around 60, and our completion rate against Melbourne was also really shit. So that's. Um, that's an easy thing to see that they need to fix. I don't know how to fix it. I've never had to coach an NRL team that should already know how to fucking hold the ball. So, um, <laughs> the, the, just I, even, I can't. I just, it's your but job. I, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Match, pass tackle, I think also kick defusing like that. I remember there was a bunch of bombs that were dropped and 
things like that. That's that's stuff that they're working on and I'm sure get better at. I'm so glad we scored because the second half was just another big pile of shit. They scored a whole bunch of more points, but at least we got to score as well. At Beck underscore Prestwidge, she tweeted, no ponga, no clamour, no worries. So proud of our boys today. And I couldn't believe, I forgot that there was no ponga. I mean, Clamour is not a is, is a big app, but not as I wouldn't think that to change the game. When I saw No Ponger, I was really relieved because that was gonna mm. that is a big app, but they um they just they just looked good. Their their good players played really well and everyone else played good enough. Yeah, just their, their bit players did their role and I think Adam Clune has been yes. a revelation. I yes. can't believe I bet the dragons are kicking themselves. Although they've got, you know, young guns ready to come through in their spine, but Adam Clune has been super impressive. And I thought Clune played well for the Dragons anyway. I don't think it was as big a surprise. Maybe how quick he's been good for the Knights, but um, yeah, I thought he, I rated him at the Dragons. It was a great pickup by the Knights. And maybe it was also because I listened to Bay 53, a, a Knights podcast, and they were already in the preseason talking him up. So it wasn't too much of a surprise. Score? Mm. Oh, 26 to four. We got the four. That's what matters at the moment. Who scored <laughs> that? Uh, who did score that? It was because we had one. We had one that um, that happened, and then it was taken off us, um, which you know was devastating. Because I'd actually tweeted not nil, and then moments later I had to take that away. It was Ken Marmalor who ended up um, tweeting that one, and uh, sorry, who ended up scoring? He scored in the seventy fifth minute. Um, at me underscore DC tweeted some someone get the West Tigers. Five sports psychiatrists instead of five captains. Um, because, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, did I want to say? Oh, here's, here's one thing I did want to say before we move off it. <clears throat> Actually, there's two things. Speaking deeply and, and thinking like a psychologist, doing some deep thoughts. How about this? <clears throat> we actually don't know because it's the beginning of the season. We actually don't know which teams are good and bad. We're just assuming from last year's form. So it's entirely possible that Melbourne and the Knights are incredible this year. And that the Tigers end up playing them in the finals because the three of us are actually the benchmark and uh, the Tigers end up winning this season, having now known how to beat the Knights of Melbourne who are going to be the best teams later. It's entirely possible. Um, it's, it's like the... I'm End the podcast. This when I was young. Oh, yeah, stop there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I used to think about stuff like this all the time. Like, what does a blind person's dream look like? And then what if the colour that I see is red you see as blue and then I describe it like, oh, the red, um, like a sunset. But when you see a sunset, you're seeing a blue sunset. So you go, yeah, just like a sunset. Mm. Weird deep thoughts. You think you think a blind person, what do they dream about? Is about as is the same line of thought as the Tigers might be good this year. That's I appreciate that's that's deep. I need to think that deeply about what is happening it's, here. Or I'm a blind person. Very, what was I know that in that analogy? <laughs> I think it's just uh, saying they're both really abstract thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I'm a blind person dreaming. It's essentially what I got from that. Um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to bring up was from at Jessica Apps. She tweeted, I really hate seeing the at West Tigers struggle because their players are always really nice to deal with, even when you have to throw shit sandwiches at them every week. And I guess that's kind of like, that's kind of um, similar to what you were talking about then, because you've got that, obviously that mate who's, who's in the system. And so... I mean, you might want to talk football with him or you might want to talk about, hey, how are you doing? How's life? But you kind of know, like, the guy's getting fucking pantsed all the time and, and that shit. Yeah, it was, watching that doco last year was tough. Mm. He's, um, you know, he's a good friend and I know he cares so much, um, but you just see, they just get, they get hammered by, by the media, by everyone. Yeah. And sometimes you sort of feel like it's deserved, like that capitulation at the end of last year was... It's pretty embarrassing, um, but you know they're trying their asses off, and the fact that they're still good people. When you know, like if I have a tough week at work, I still try and be a good person, and they're mm. still doing that. So I've got a ton of respect for them. And uh, Julissa Apps uh, shit sandwiches is going straight into the vocab <laughs> bank. I love yeah. that. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, but but uh, during last game, Luke Brooks. Uh, the referee came up to Luke Brooks and was saying, Luke, every time we have a stoppage in play, I've got all these Tigers shouting at me. You've got to sort this out. And Luke said to him, mate, we've got five captains. What do you want from me? And then smiled at him. 
<laughs> smiled and walked away. Now that that said heaps. I don't know why. I mean, the, we were playing like shit, but I just loved that like throwaway line. That was excellent. Um, okay, so there is a hyper hypothetic rugby league uh, podcast. They are run by a great bloke, David Hunter, who who organizes all of this crazy um, stuff. One of the things he's doing this year is called the Hyper M's. He's doing his own Dally M's kind of thing because he thinks that the Dally, he quite rightly thinks that the Dally M system is flawed. I don't know if I've done this rant with you okay. before. Yeah. Okay, great. And so um, he's suggesting that he's given a whole bunch of people who volunteered games each week that they watch. They do a 3-2-1 for both teams, but then he weights each of those points differently depending on which team they were playing for. So you do a 3-2-1, for example, for the Knights and a 3-2-1 for the Tigers, but he has a multiplier on the Knights because they win. And if they win by 13 plus, the multiplier is bigger. And if they win by 12 to zero, 12 to one, the multiplier is smaller. And then the same goes the other way. So the 3-2-1 for the Tigers, because they got beat by more than 13, the multiplier will be less. And so over a season, hopefully what you're getting is if there is a dominant team, a dominant player and a dominant team, then that person should be winning it, not just... Um, the person who you know, the Tigers have to be thrown a two point person, you know what I mean? Because they played in that game. Um, yeah, yeah, I get you. I like that. Anyway, so he's talking. Geniuses out there. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it so much. And this is the kind of thing. This is what I really like about David. Is that lots of people would sit around and chat, talk about that. You know, this is how we should do it. This is how we should do it. Let's think about this. But David's like, I'm going to put together a really clever idea, think it through for a year or two, talk to a bunch of different people about it, iron it out as best I can. And then I'm just going to do it and see if that works for a year. And if it works, then great. And if it doesn't, I'll just tinker with it and we'll do it again the next year. Uh, and then he gives it up to social media. He's just like, he, who wants to do this with me rather than, you know, just him doing it himself? I, I love that. So here's, here's where we're at. Up until time of recording, he didn't have the Bulldogs game in yet when he sent this to me. So number 10 is Jake Clifford with 3.86. Dylan Edwards is number nine with four points. Blake Braley, 4.01. Will Kennedy, 4.24. Tamalolo's 4.37, Regan Campbell-Gillard's 4.42, Luke Keery's at 5.42, Jaden Sewer, 5.45, Tedesco, 5.81, and Isaiah Yo at 5.99. I said a lot of numbers. So the top three, though, is Jaden Sewer, James Tedesco, and Isaiah Yo, not in that order, in reverse order. And I, I would say Isaiah Yo has probably been one of the best, if not the best player so far over the last two games. So it seems like it's working at the moment. It's a lot more precise. Yeah, it's less narrative-driven or whatever. Yeah. I um and yeah I would definitely agree. I mean it's interesting to see Jaden Sewer up mm. so high. Like he, he killed it um, this weekend. I didn't watch the game last weekend, but there's a lot of names that you'd expect to be there or thereabouts at the start of the year. Um, so I think I think he's onto a a good thing so far. I Are had the pleasure. The yeah, he's going the hyper M's. He he um I got to do the Rissers Manly game this this week and. And I sat there with um, with like the team lists and just did a stroke. Watching the game, anytime I saw something like a play that I thought was good, I then through my brain acid decided who was responsible for that goodness and then gave the person a dash on a positive side and a negative side. If I saw a play I didn't think was good, I decided it was that person's thing. So often someone would score a try and I think like people, like lay people would watch it and go, wow, this wing is playing really well. They've scored three tries. Whereas I would look at that and go, no, that halfback has has created space twice or that lock has run such an incredible line both times that there's so much space at white, blah, blah, blah. So because of that, I ended up with, um, embarrassingly, Sam Walker, Luke Keery and James Tedesco as my one, two, three for the Roosters. But for the Seagulls, I had Tanya Paseka, Sean Kepi and uh, Okawatu as my one, two, three for Manly. Two of them are off the wow. bench. Yeah, and the, the, all of them are forwards. So... It also showed me a lot from watching that game. It showed me a lot about how I also think and value and, and think about football. Yeah, yeah because the, the Roosters were excellent because I saw Luke Keery and Sam Walker doing a huge amount of work in and around the ball. And Tedesco was also incredible. They kind of made sense. If you watch that game, it would be easy to go, okay, Tedesco is doing lots of great things. He gets mm. points. But the way that I saw Manly was really, really weird. And I saw their halves not doing enough and particularly Tom. Uh, but I saw their fours really working hard. So I'm enjoying it just from a... How do you how, like? I finished that game going, holy shit! Look at the markings I've done here. How did these three blokes end up in the top? And that was the fun thing for me to then think about. How did that happen? I like your system, and I like seeing the big boys get some recognition too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it was a bloke sitting over here over in the three digits on the KGs, man. I like mm -hmm. my big boys too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm no expert. I just love the game, but more than that, I love the community. 
If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Hi, I'm Ali. And I'm Lulu. And welcome to Lulu and Ali's Tipping. Tipping stuff. Yeah, we're going to do tipping today, like always. Yeah. So to start off round three of NRL, we have Dragons and Sharks. That is a pretty tight game. Sharks won last time. I remember Scott Morrison was in the audience. Yes. No, actually, yeah, Sharks won. Yeah. And it's Dragons, but they lost, but also to the Panthers, which is a really hard team. I'm going to go Sharks, though. Yeah. Like, you never know. And then West Tigers and Warriors. Tigers. Tigers. Yeah. They lost in round two. How sad. That was very sad. Then we have ra- Rabbitohs and Roosters. Oh, Roosters. Yeah, Roosters. No, wait, yeah, no. Roosters. Roosters didn't do too well. Uh, wait, no, they didn't do too well in round one. Round two, they did step up their game a bit. Yeah. Yeah, but Rabbits lost to Melbourne Storm by one. Yeah, I'm going to go Roosters still. Yeah. Penrith and Knights. Uh, Penrith. I go Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. Storms and Eels? I went Storms. What did you think? Ah, uh, Storms, yeah. Yeah. Because Eels lost in round two. Yeah. Raiders and Titans? Yeah. Raiders, I think. Yes. Let, let's check round two. So Raiders, no, they did not win. And Titans actually won. So I'm going to change that tip from, I'm going to change that tip to Titans. Broncos and Cowboys? Broncos for sure. I honestly think Cowboys because they beat um, they beat uh, what which team? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Broncos. they beat yeah they beat Raiders by um twenty by twenty. Yeah, Broncos. Yeah. Broncos. I I still go for Cowboys. Okay. And then Sea Eagles and Bulldogs. Sea Eagles. Sea Eagles. Yeah, they've been doing pretty good. Yeah. Oh, on the margin, I think yeah. Eleven. Uh, eleven. Yeah, eleven. let's go eleven, but. Round two for B- Bulldogs. Um, sea Eagles lost. Yeah. Sure. And I'm still not too sure about Bulldogs. So I'm just going to s- still stay with Sea Eagles. Yes. So those are our tips for today. Yeah. You did them all, Lulu? Yeah. Cool. And this concludes our Lulu, Lulu and Ali tipping. Flipping, tipping. <laughs> uh, see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Tipping. Now, my nephews have just done that for me. Have you got a lock? Have you had a look at next week's tipping comp? Uh, let me get it up. Because um, I'm also just about so, to hopefully embarrass you on our work one. You, uh, oh, shit, I've dropped all the way down to eight. And oof. you're second. So I didn't embarrass you at all. I shut my fucking mouth. Congratulations right. on jumping all the way up to second. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> is Patrick still at the top? Uh, where is, no, he's he's dropped a fourth. Uh, Miguel Sanchez, Meigs is at sixth with Papacanti at seventh. So they both jumped me in this round. That's really disappointing for me. Uh, and then your seconds. That's great. Who, who have you got for your lock next week? Uh, my lock will be uh, Manly against the Dogs. I think it's bounce back time for Manly. Right. Okay. Because man, because the Dogs. Lost to Brisbane today, they but they ended up scoring 10 points, which is more than they scored before. You reckon Manly is on the comeback? I, I haven't seen anything from them to to let, get me to think that, but I think Turbo <laughs> against a team that doesn't have elite defence, like Penrith or like um, the Roosters, uh, I think Turbo can definitely find some space. And I think Daly Cherians doesn't take kindly to, to losing. I think he'll mm. come back in a big way. And like you said, their big boys are, are setting a good platform. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to be my lock. Last game of the round as well. Yeah. How about yours? I think, I think my lock's going to actually be the, the Roosters. I know it Ooh. sounds horrible. I know. Because, <laughs> well, like, I really wanted to do there, – there are three games there, Penrith, Storm, and Roosters. But I actually mm. am really starting to rate Newcastle. Maybe they're playing terrible teams. They couldn't be because they played us and we're, we're excellent. So they're putting some really good teams away by, by big margins. 
And I'm also still unsure about Eels. I'm on unsteady footing, whereas I feel pretty confident that Souths aren't great. So I'm going with the Roosters on that one. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, the thing with the Eels is they beat the Storm twice last year. Mm, I think that's, that's true. Whether I think that's a, a big feather in their cap, so they might have the recipe. They've got a lot of big forwards who like offloading. The Storm typically don't handle the offloads as well. Ooh. So uh, I think you're probably wise to steer away from that. Um, yeah, I, I guess I've gone Manly as a bit of a smoky there because I would have thought the easy answer is, yeah, Panthers or Storm most weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm really buying into the Newcastle hype because I really should just tip Panthers. Um, they, haven't really, they haven't really lost a game for like 50 fucking games in a row, essentially. Maybe lost yeah. one in the last 50 and yeah, then anyway. Than that. It was origin. It yeah. was for the Tigers. Actually, I think one of the last times the Penrith lost was against us. Thanks for letting me bring yeah. that up. That was great. Fuck yeah. What a night. <laughs> My card over. Yeah, mate. I think, uh, I can't remember the name of the uh, that style of thinking, but by whatever that style of thinking is called, <laughs> means you're basically the best team in the comp, right? Blind dreaming. You're calling it blind dreaming. That kind of thinking <laughs> we're going to call blind dreaming. <laughs> We wouldn't have got that win without your support. We heard you cheering the whole 60 minutes and we bloody love yous. We found the end of another app for those legends who listened all the way through. Thank you. We hope you get, you always get your dummies bought whenever you sell them. Uh, and give this p- podcast a cheeky five star. Tell your friends, OD, you've been an absolute pleasure to play football with on Thursday and to do this podcast with. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Thanks for having me, Big T. <laughs> Enjoy your sport for another week. Get around good people on the socials like at Eels TCT. They tweeted, annual reminder that if you think the NRL influences the outcome of the contest because they don't want your team to win, you're an idiot. We'll talk to you next time, sports best friends. <laughs>
Uh, our top 10 is Dylan Edwards on top with four points, Jake Clifford with 3.86, Payne Haas with 3.62, Regan Campbell-Gillard with 3.45, Michaeli Ravalawa with 3.37, Josh Papali with 3.33, Dane Laurie with 3.23, Jerome Hughes with the same, Brian Kelly with 3.04, and Martin Tapao with 3.03. The team of the year so far, the fullback Dylan Edwards, winger, Makali Ravalawa, centre Brian Kelly, the 5'8 Jake Clifford, the halfback Jerome Hughes, Payne Haas at front row, Blake Braley, I apologize, I can't say Blake properly, Braley at hooker, Jeremiah Nanai at second row, and the lock Jay, sorry, Jai Arrow. Uh, hope you enjoyed. I will keep you updated every week how we're going, and uh, yeah, enjoy your footy.